Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Command Dollar Podcast. Today we're going to talk a little different subject. Uh, it's going to be a little more fun and lighthearted. Uh, we're going to talk about the unsets today, the uh, unglued and unhinged cards. We're just going to talk about uh, some of our favorites, some of the cool stuff that got printed, and you know why Wizard did these things and what their thoughts were. Maybe just a little bit about how they fit into you know a constructed or a, a different type of format or what might be cool to try out. Because if you've been following us for the last year, you know me and my feelings about these. So today we've got me, I'm Mr. X. And I, Kevin. There are definitely cards in this that have great potential for EDH. And a bunch of cards in this that have great, let's ban it right away for EDH as well. Agreed. And there's a lot of things that, you know, could make it either way. And, you know, would it be difficult to go through the whole sets and just you know, ban, ban this, ban that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't disagree with it. But I think that if you're around your kitchen table and you just happen to sneak in one or two of these things for, because you like the card or because it's, you know, it's, it's a cool little effect that plays well or fits your flavor. I don't see why not. Have you ever played any full on games of EDH using the uncards? I've not played any EDH, but I have played, I actually played a couple of just casual decks that have them. And I've actually played in the draft for Unhinged, and I have to share you a story with you okay. because sure. it's gonna be. I'm gonna start talking about this first card. It's called Ass Whooping. All right, Ass Whooping. It is a one, a white, and a black. It is a sorcery, and the ability is destroy target silver bordered permanent in any game you can see from your seat. Uh, I was sitting at a Unhinged draft one of the first times I had done it, and I was sitting there going, going, going. It wasn't a big group, but there was at least like a good 15, 20 people. And, you know, down a couple seats from me, I see some guy go, yes, I finally pulled the card I needed, and now I'm going to win the game. <laughs> and I was, you know, everybody around him was like, what is it? And he cast it, and it was like some creature from the set. And some dude, like another table over, still in his seat, like kind of looks back over his shoulder, and he goes, oh, is that the card you played right there? And the guy goes, yeah, that's it. And he taps it, and he goes, get rid of it. That's funny. <laughs> and he effectively cost him the game. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, you're a dick. You cost somebody the game, but it was still one of the best moments I've ever seen at a magic table. That is so worth it, if you're that guy. I mean, if you're that guy, yeah, you're a jerk because you did that. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you've effectively changed the outcome of a game. You made the game funny and kind of, like, enjoyable for everybody. I don't suggest playing that card in your deck, especially because it's obviously a little too specific. You know, they should be a little more around, I guess. Yeah, and an example like that is what brings the glory of the Unseries. It's true. It, it is, because the Unseries was supposed to be the fun, bringing the fun back into the magic, bringing the the joy and the stupid kind of giggles that you got when you first opened your your first cards and, you know, it, you, you saw, you know, this big doofy leviathan that cost 10 and it was a, you know, 10-10 blue guy and it was huge and it was cool and you wanted to play him even though you blew up your own islands for it. But it was so cool and fun and that was what it was all about. But then again, you get cards that are kind of just, you know, suck everything out of it. What's your opinion on the uncards being played casually? I think in the casual environment, you know, even in an EDH, because it's supposed to be, in my opinion, it's supposed to be more of a casual. If you're talking like a casual multiplayer, I think dependent on the card and dependent on your playgroup, there's no reason you can't include some of them. There's some that, that just strike me as obviously terrible and just 
bad juju for your group. Something like Gleemax, for example. Something like Gleemax. Gleemax is a legendary artifact. It has a cost of 1 million mana, and it states you choose all targets for all spells and abilities. Now think about that. It's... <laughs> you literally control the game. Now, there's a billion different ways to get infinite mana in EDH, but just to be that guy that comes out and goes, I play Gleemax, now I control the game. Can I also just read the flavor please text? Because it's really, yeah, please really do. Cool. It says, help us. R&D under mental domination of alien brain in jar. Only chance. Glee Max's blatant disregard for flavor text. Send help. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic. I love it. That was really good. I mean, most of the flavor text or stuff like that is really, like, silly. But it's, it's perfect for that, too. But, like, there's things like that where it's like you just play it and use its ability. And congratulations, you know, you kind of just took the fun out of it. You know something else I like about these cards? You know how every single artwork goes outside of the square border? Yeah, most of them do. I mean, you see a lot of the full art alters that get done that people are looking for, and this kind of started that, I think, in a way. Yeah, I, I think you're correct. So when when I when I saw the artwork jumping off, sort of the jumping off the screen, if you will, I thought of it like the game in this set is breaking the fourth wall. I agree. I mean, it seems like it is. A lot of these abilities, if you think about it, break the fourth wall. Like like you said before with um, ass, what was it, ass whooping? Uh, ass whooping, yeah. That, you know, you're, you're leaving your game and you're going on to this you know, somewhere else. And in your game, that that was that was your sort of, your play or your movie going on. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, let's 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 go from here and go somewhere else and mess around over there where you're you're not still stuck yeah. in your sort of, you know what I mean? Even think of it in the, in the actual context of magic. Your two planeswalkers dueling, and suddenly one just casts a spell and nothing happens in, in their field. But somewhere on the other side of the multiverse, someone's creature just spontaneously combusts. That's a great way to put it. That's literally what it looks like. And if you think about it in that way, that's such an that's outside the box because, you know, even in the game, you know, they're never going to get things like that perfect. Yeah. Even along that fourth wall site, breaking the fourth wall again, really forcing you to even know about the game itself. They printed a card called Richard Garfield PhD. Richard Garfield PhD. Um, that is a 3 and 2 blue. It is a legendary creature, and it says, You may play cards as though they were other magic cards of your choice with the same mana cost. You can't choose the same card twice. Um, for those who don't know, Richard Garfield, creator of magic. Obviously, he paid himself in the game, because why not? But the other thing it does, if anybody who's ever played a mental magic, you have to choose whatever card it is. So I have something that costs one blue. It's a Dispel. Now it's a Brainstorm. And, you know, something like that in an EDH, imagine being able to have, you know, it's a little, that's something that I would describe as a little too good because imagine being able to go, oh, I put my Commander Richard Garfield into play and I Brainstorm, I Ponder, I, and you just suddenly have access to whatever cards you know. And what's great is as long as he's on the field, there's no until the end of turn. There's no, it's like a sorcery. It's while he's there, you're choosing any card you want. So what's what's good about him is if you know the game really, really well, and you've been playing for a long time, you have this dictionary of cards in your head where you can turn the game into something else. It's true. And suddenly your vast knowledge of playing counter spells over the ages is paying off for you in a place you never thought it would. Just because you're playing suddenly this blue deck that wasn't necessarily heavy counterspells, suddenly there's somebody drops a bomb that you really just can't let happen, and, you know, your Mirfolk looter is suddenly a, you know, a counterspell or something, like some variant of a counterspell. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I think could be interesting in an EDH light, where if you are a good player and you know what you're doing, 
and you don't abuse it too, you know, it could be a fun card that you might see kicking around the table. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to go back for a moment to, to, to Gleemax for a second. Go ahead. There's a card that actually goes along with that really, really well. Absolutely. It's probably the only card that'll actually be able to make you use it. Exactly. It's called the Mox Lotus, and it costs 15 colorless. It's an artifact, and its ability is tap, add infinite to your mana pool. Infinite colorless. Yeah, infinite colorless mana. And there's a 100 colorless mana cost to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And also, you don't lose life due to mana burn. Of course, we all know this is from a while ago when mana burn existed. We all know now it does not. I I like this card for what it for what it does. It's a lotus. That's literally the flavor of lotus. And the thing that I would actually argue is that it's fine in an EDH context. How many times do people just decide to go four card combo? I have infinite mana. Good game. Or two card combo. I, I have infinite mana. I win the game. This at least makes you, like, pay 15 mana and really, like, chug it out. <laughs> you did have to start with something. You couldn't go into the game with turn three. There's no way you're going to have 15 mana on turn three. No, and that's why I wouldn't... I, if someone really brought that out in any niche game, I wouldn't be pissed. I'd be kind of confused, but I'd be a little... I wouldn't I would be fine. I'd be like, you know what? You chugged out 15 mana, whether it was through, like, Urzatron or just, just all these green dudes. Good on you. You can blue sun zenith me to all you want. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but similarly, along that, yeah. and this is one. This one's actually much more playable, and I think should absolutely be fair, if not for the card itself. What's that? Blacker Lotus. Blacker Lotus. It costs zero. It's an artifact. Tap. Tear Blacker Lotus into pieces. Add four mana of any one color to your mana pool. Play this ability as a mana source. Remove the pieces from the game afterwards. <laughs> I love that. It's on. It's in my top five favorite cards. It's literally. I just love that card. First of all, it does everything a Lotus does in a spectacular form, and it also just kind of makes you realize how, like, jaded the game kind of has about things that have Lotus on them in a way. I've got a question for you. Sure. Would you actually tear it up, or would you symbolically? I would symbolically tear it up. I mean, it, to be fair, the card, I believe, still runs for over $5. Damn. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, yeah. It's it's probably because it's being torn up. I mean, how many of those are torn up? How many of them are actually in any good of a condition? I wonder if there's any value for one that is torn up. I could imagine. You know what? I'd pay a dollar for a blacker lotus that was taped back together. <laughs> Especially if I knew I was just going to keep using it. I'm not going to lie. I'd put it in a sleeve and just kind of tape it up. And then when it came up, I'd just re-rip it all up. But I wouldn't be mad seeing something like that in EDH. Because you know what? You're committed to following the card through. You've earned that four mana. Exactly, and this is an example of a card that makes me love the lolziness of these sets. The sets that are designed to keep the fun back into magic. I want to talk about one really quickly that I've played in half a dozen, you know, casual decks. Goblin Mime. Goblin Mime. One and a red. It is a 2-2, and its ability is, when you speak, sacrifice Goblin Mime. It's a very simple card, in the reality of it all. It is. You know exactly what you're getting for it. See, there's something interesting about this card that I like. You know how Magic is an international game. You could end up at some point be playing somebody who does not speak your language. It's true. I think of this as, if you know the game well enough, and you know how to, I guess, pantomime the game well enough with somebody who does not speak the language, you should be able to do this without speaking at all. It's true. If you're at least decent enough at the game, you've played you know, enough games, you should be able to, to kind of show when you're casting a spell what you're targeting, if you're using an effect... The only question mine would be is how do you then declare, you know, changing, like, the different steps of your turn? I say charades. 
<laughs> I could argue a hand wave would probably be like, and this is my next thing. I've moved on. You know, I shove my hands over to you. That's a pass. It, again, it's one of those cards that I really don't think I would judge twice about. Along the same lines as cards like Goblin Mime, there's a card that I'm thinking of that I've used a couple times in casual games called Eye to Eye. Eye to Eye. Two and a black. It's an instant. You and target creature's controller have a staring contest. If you win, destroy that creature. I was playing at my college one time with a... When I say he was a longtime player, I mean he played an alpha and beta. He was a very cynical player, and I had just kind of thrown this in because I needed a kill spell in a black deck, and I didn't think anybody would really object to it. But we were playing two at a giant, and sure enough, it showed up in my hand. I cast it to him and I target it. He looks at me and he goes, you're kidding me, right? And I go, no, we're doing this. <laughs> and he just, he goes, okay. Stares at me. Literally, after 30 seconds, I blink and start breaking out laughing. And he just looks at me and he goes, I hate you and your terrible kill spell. <laughs> That's amazing. But it's, and you know what? I didn't get to kill his monster, whatever it was. But the thing is, is that it brought magic to a sociable level. You know, we always talk about how it's a social game. And that's also one of those levels that, like, it forced us to interact. I've never really looked that man in the eyes, but it brought, you know, the four of us that were playing to it a giant to kind of this moment of, like, laughter over such a silly thing. Can I also say, I love the artwork on this, and it's very, very Clockwork Orin. Even along that same thing, they've introduced a lot of weird cards like Heirloom Wrangler. They're, they're interesting, and they provide, you know, a, an interesting piece of evasion or a different take on a normal card. Heirloom Wrangler, a two-and uh, red. It's a 2-2, and its ability is Denim Walk, which is, if defending player is wearing any clothing made of denim, this creature is unblockable. And it's it's great, because a card like that is evasive, and it's something I want in a red EDH card. It's something that can get through. And you know what? If that makes my opponent take off their jeans and throw them aside while I'm playing them, <laughs> that's just an inconvenient thing. The artwork on this is so, um, Calvin Klein, it's so funny. Please look it up. Please look up a lot of these cards. I know we unfortunately aren't putting these on YouTube or anything, but like, do yourself a favor. Look up some of these cards. We'll, maybe we'll post a link to them somewhere in the next thing for you. But, like, go look them up, because if nothing else, they're good for a laugh. They're amazing. Um, along the same lines of clothing, they, you know, they introduced a card like Ladies Knight, which is just hilarious in its use. Ladies Knight, three and a white, and it's flying. It's a two-two. And its ability is, spells that player's wearing at least one item of women's clothing pay cost one colorless mana less to play. And it also says, specifically, women's clothing is designed to be worn exclusively by women. Well, that's interesting. I really don't understand that the reminder text of it all, but I guess it's supposed to be... I think they were just trying to... Because anybody could be like, oh, a t-shirt could be women's clothing, where they're, they're trying to be more specific, like, forgive me, world, like a purse or a blouse... Which, you know what? If you happen to be a girl in an EDH game, this is an auto-include. It is. I don't think it's that bad of a thing. Does it make it a little easier to you? Yeah, but you know what? I think it's a pretty fair card, all things considered. Yeah, pretty much. It does make it a little more inclusive. And then there's cards that kind of put the luck back into the game, which I always like, because there's some games that just, you know, they're kind of bad. But there's things like Strategy Schmategy that um really kind of make it up in the air and remind you that you really don't have control of the game. Strategy Smategy. It's a sorcery, it's a one in red. Roll a six-sided die for a Strategy Smategy. On a one, Strategy Smategy has no effect. Otherwise, it has one of the following effects. Two, destroy all artifacts. Three, destroy all lands. Four, Strategy Smategy deals three damage to each creature and player. Five, each player discards his or her hand and draws seven cards. Six, Roll the die two more times. 
it's things like that that they fit still into the chaotic nature of red, like red and blue decks, like is it decks? It does. But it and but it doesn't make it. It also makes it flexible. Like if that's a card I'd want in a red deck just for the sake that maybe I'll get lucky and hit the thing I need. You know, honestly, in terms of actually making it playable, this isn't terribly broken besides the destroy all lands even destroy no there's plenty of red cards that destroy all lands uh, i guess it's just it's a random and let's remember it's not it's not one-sided so you're if it if you hit that you're going ah too yeah you know you're kind of frowning at yourself too that is true there's another card similar in terms of randomness and it's called urza's science fair project it costs six colorless it's a four four it's an artifact creature and its ability is pay two, colorless, roll a six-sided die for Urza Science Fair Project. One, it gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. Two, it deals no combat damage this turn. Three, attacking does not cause it to tap this turn. Four, it gains first strike until end of turn. Five, it gains flying until end of turn. Six, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. And it's it's one you can activate multiple times, right? Um, yeah, it's just, it's just pay two, there's no there's no tap for the ability. That's a card that's still reasonable to play, even given the randomness. Like, I yeah. still wouldn't mind including that in a lot of decks. If you think about it, if you roll a one, it gets minus two, minus two. If you get a six, it gets plus two, plus two. It can sort of cancel itself out. Yes, you're literally throwing the dice on cards like that, but it's not something that really raises too much of an alarm, and it's not something that I wouldn't want, even in an artifact deck. Yeah. I, I, speaking of artifacts is one that um, I've seen a couple times and I've used it and it's it's been unimpressive but it was a really cool mechanic that they introduced and they introduced it on a couple cards but the one I'm thinking of is called Time Machine. Time Machine. Costs 5 colorless. It's an artifact as you said. And its ability is tap. Remove Time Machine and target non-token creature you own from the game. Return both cards to play at the beginning of your upkeep on your turn uh, X of the next game you play with the same opponent, where X is the removed creature's converted mana cost. So, say you take out, early on in the game, you take out one of your mana dorks for one, and it keeps your games interesting by being able to be like, oh, hey, remember we played last game? Next time I'm playing you and it's a multiplayer game, on turn one, I get my mana dork back. Or, you know, you're crushing somebody and it's turn eight and I, you know, you take out your big dude. It keeps your games interesting because if you can, if you're one of those players who doesn't mind the long game and like kind of making a note of yourself, like you could have some really interesting interactions where suddenly, you know, your opponent that you played, you know, two weeks ago at the kitchen table suddenly slams down, you know, some big creature and you're just, oh, I forgot you played that and took it out of the game. Oh, crap. Just imagine playing a six or more player multiplayer game one day. And as we all know, that game's going to take 10 hours. And of course, since we all don't have lives, we play another game. But every person had this card in their deck and they all played it. Honestly? Just imagine. It would be interesting because imagine being able to say, oh, I'm playing any one of you people, I choose to put out whatever card I need to. You're Like you said, it could instantly speed up a game yeah. in that regard too. That is true. That's definitely true. It's one of those things that I like the mechanic of it because it keeps future games fresh mm -hmm. and interesting. Speaking of things that are interesting, we also got out of the unsets the cycles that are um, things of asses. Say that again? We got a cycle of donkey cards out of one of each color. Oh, really? Yeah, that's actually part of it. And the big crowning thing for it, which um, is actually most of the reason that people look into these sets, are this card, which is City of Ass, and the Full Art Lands. That's true. Um, and just for those who don't know City of Ass, it is a land. It comes into play tapped. 
and it's you tap, add one and one half mana of any color to your mana pool. It's it's a cute little card. It mocks, as we all know, City of Brass. But it's a cool little card for what it is. Yeah, and I just want to say this because this is really funny. Um, the flavor text literally just says, but, and it has a dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I think of it like, ass, but. Exactly. And if you if you look... If you look at the artwork at sort of the tops of the towers, it looks like butts. It's pretty funny. They literally know how to make fun of themselves, too, in Destress. They're so good. They're good at it. And I'll mind you, we were looking this up earlier as we were talking about it. This is like a $750 card. Yeah, that's that, that's surprising. For a card that really does nothing, like it's just collectible value, it's something like that that I don't mind. And you know what? Especially in a format like EDH, I don't mind seeing something stupid like that that comes in as like an extra... City of Brass. Yeah, you don't take a damage from it, but you do something stupid and you make everybody giggle. So that's worth the not taking a land and not everybody being like, oh, you're, take that card out of here. Yeah. Now, what could we do with that one half mana? I mean, if I happen to make one and a half white mana, I could probably pay a Path to Exile and this card. Little Girl. Little Girl costs half of a white mana. It is a half-half creature and that's it, just vanilla. It's literally a vanilla half-half creature, which I just love that. That's fantastic. It's, it's, it's funny, and and the, the the picture is pretty adorable. It's, it's literally like a little girl just holding a teddy bear. Like I said, please look these up, because they're just great. Imagine just the conversations coming up when you're using a little girl to chump block. Oh, God. It's the kind of stuff that happens in a social aspect like EDH. Someone gives you a hassle for throwing a little girl under this huge, you know, big monster. Wouldn't it have been so funny... If they created, like, little girl tokens. I would love to see something like that, because it's literally the equivalent of, like, a token, almost. And it's <laughs> it's great, because it's, you know, I need two of those to be equal to a separately token. Yeah. But, like, I would still I would still keep it in there, just for the for the fact that it's basically a one-drop. And it's, you know, think of, the, think of the fun you could have talking about it. Also, her flavor text, it says, In the future, she may be a distinguished scholar. A great scholar. Or a decorated hero. These days, all she does is pee the bed. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. They they know they know how to make these cards so like funny and entertaining. They really do. But back off the entertaining fun side of it all. I mean, they still did print some cards that kind of make me still think about this. They and they did a trilogy of these, but the one I want to talk about specifically, jo uh, Johnny Combo Player. Johnny Combo Player, two and two blue, legendary creature. And also, I just want to say it's creature type, Human Gamer. It's a 1-1. One, one. Its ability is for four colorless. Search your library for a card and put that card into your hand. Then shuffle your library. One thing I just thought of right now, I believe, and I just correct me if I'm wrong, I have never seen a non-black search card. They usually make you reveal if they're not black. No, you're right. This one, it's not, it's not asking you to reveal. This is not make. This is actually a really big deal for this fact. It doesn't make you reveal. It's any card, and it's in blue. Yeah. It's stapled to a blue creature. Blue doesn't necessarily just kind of search out directly to hand. Is it to hand? Is this the card that sort of created the the player type, you're a Johnny? For those of you who don't know, the archetypes we're talking about, the Johnny, Timmy, and Bike. Those terms existed not because of these cards. They actually took those terms and put them onto the cards. There's one of each for each of the, the player type. I would love to see somebody play this as a commander. I know it's really good. I know it's broken. But, but the fact that I can ping it and it's dead. Yeah, that, that does give it like a... You can kill it so easy is, is, is what you're getting at. I would hate to see that across the board for me. Because it's a blue player. And at the end of their turn, they could just go, oh, I dig up 
my last combo piece. Oh, I dig up this counterspell on the fly. I could just as easily gut shot it any number of things to just, just take it off the field. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where, would I argue it's not an EDH acceptable card? Exactly. Maybe. I'd have to test it. Maybe I'll build the deck and we'll see what it goes, but I want to hear, you know, you guys tell me, do you think that's too good to be a commander? Like, I really don't know. Speaking of, like, two good cards, there's another uh, there's another one that I, I know of that's pretty interesting. It's called Rare Be Gone. It's uh, two colorless, a black and red, sorcery, and it says, Each player sacrifices all rare permanents, then reveals his or her hand and discards all rare cards. That's so good. I mean... Eh. All of those dual lands, like the split lands, the shock lands, that hits so many things on different angles. That's terrifying. If you think about most people's, let's just go with like more competitive EDH decks. What percent of the deck would you say is rare? It's like at least 70%. I would argue at least half, if not more, probably 70 to 75. And the rest of it's stuff that's probably like commons, uncommons. If you were to drop that, no, you're probably wiping out you know, at least half of their land base and probably a good chunk of whatever creatures they have on the field and taking that out of their hand. You know, that's something that's way, way impactful. People would flip tables at you. Yeah, pretty much. Now, there are also some cards that are, I think they just sort of created them for the lols. And one that comes to mind for me is Mother of Goons. It's a two and a black. It's a three, two. Its ability is, whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard from play, sacrifice Mother of Goons unless you insult that creature. So imagine now having just rare be gone, you know, a five-person game, and you have a Mother of Goons on the field. You would probably need to insult at least, like, <laughs> 10 or 15 creatures. And what what's also really good is... Mother of Goons is uncommon. Yeah, that's an uncommon. I mean, it is a... So it's safe. Yeah, it's it saves from that. Which is hilarious in its own right, because you just rare be gone, and now you have to do that 17 times. But even on a smaller aspect, it puts a nice little social aspect into the smack talk that happens between the players sometimes. It literally just kind of almost forces it out, too, because sometimes you literally are just... You want to get up and dance because you got rid of that problem creature, and instead you just get to, you know, tell that Avenger of Zendikon to go F itself. <laughs> see, the way I see this, when you talk about it being more of a social aspect... Imagine playing with someone you've just met. Like, you're at a card shop, and you're you're bored that day, you see some guy sitting there. And you're like, hey, let's play, and you, that's by coincidence, happen to both have uncards on you. Imagine how well you two would connect if you got to say these things that you would not normally say in a regular context. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it really brings you to a whole new level when you're sitting there, and you're... It's forcing different social interactions that you probably wouldn't get against, you know, someone you really don't know. You're probably just going to go through the motions. You know, maybe you'll have a, an aside about a certain card that they played. But on the whole, it really forces you to interact and keep that socialness alive in Magic. I think of it kind of like playing Cards Against Humanity. In a way, yeah, that's actually a good way to think about that. Because that's one of those games where it's like, you could totally play with people you've never met before. And by the end of the game, you're all going to love each other. Yeah, and... You know what, there are going to be some people that aren't going to be thrilled because you insulted their Vorn Klex or their Elish Norn. But on the whole, you probably also had a good laugh because you had to tell, you know, their Elvish Mystic that it smelled funny. Exactly. Like, it's it's just one of those things. And even along that same lines, there's cards that just kind of make it at least funny when you're, you know, something terrible happens to you. Something like, and we, I know this is one of your favorites, when Fluffy Bunnies attack. I love that card so much. Uh, when, when Fluffy Bunnies attack, a three and a black, it's an instant. And it says, target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of times the letter of your choice appears in the card's name. 
and also in the flavor text it says, get it? Bunnies? Letters? Minus X minus X? <laughs> Me neither. Um, I, I just love this card so much. And it's not because of the ability. Because the ability, I mean, that seems like a pretty somewhat it's normal medi- kind of card. Yeah, it's mediocre. <laughs> it's the art. There's a dragon, and then it's being attacked by adorable, realistic, fluffy bunnies. And that's just adorable. It's interesting how they combine their normal magic art style in the dragons, and then it's like realistic looking bunnies. I think it's one of those cards that, in a way, could be good to introduce to, like, you know, people are going to find it adorable that there's bunnies, you know, attacking a dragon. How cute is that? Yeah, I think it won't be as intimidating to, like, little kids want to get into magic, you know? Yeah, I I think that if you're going to introduce, you know, maybe some new players, you know, small children, um, people who might be skeptical, sets like, and cards like the Un, that, you know, feature sometimes these silly things or these kind of weird stuff that they make you do, it keeps them interested because it makes them think about the game and it keeps them wanting to do all these cool things and still play the game. So I think it's an interesting, I think it's a nice little centerpiece to what magic can be and should be to at least most of us in that fun aspect and that cute aspect. Yeah, um, you know, um, this actually reminds me of another card. It's not in the unset. It's, I think it's like, like a little soap bubble guy or something. It's another adorable little thing. I know there's... I think we got something like that in... I know there is something like that. I think the character type was, um... Or the creature type was Beeble or something like that. I know we get them in that, but are you thinking about the guy from Ravnica? I have no, I have no clue. Um, I think there's there's a little one-eyed dude who kind of looks like, um... The guy from Monsters, Inc. He's in Ravnica block. I Maybe you're thinking of him. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. know. But along the lines... Eh, that's alright. But along the lines of that, there's, um... There's another card that kind of made me think about... This is my favorite out of, out of the Uns. It's called uh, Granny's Payback. Granny's Payback. Seven and a green. It's a sorcery. Uh, the ability is you gain life equal to your age. Uh, what I love most about that card is not even the fact that it's nine to gain life equal to your age. So it does reward you for playing longer and being here longer. But but the other thing is that the picture of it <laughs> shows like a little, little red uh, Riding Hood style grandma with like a hatchet coming at you for a swing. And in the flavor text, if you don't mind reading it for me. Sure, it says, R&D comments, BB1010. Why does a life-gaining card show an old lady killing people? MR101003. Uh, um, we'll fix it in the flavor text. Because it's true. It's the kind of stuff that they, it shows you. They really start cards one way and they just kind of take it in whole the different directions. And most of the time it's just, this is what we ended up with. We needed the card for it. This is a lot more of that breaking the fourth wall thing. Too. Yeah, and it's it's funny because they give you a look into, you know, what they go through as R&D when they have to design these things. and Because so many people do, like, the magic creators and stuff like that. And it's it's interesting to see what actually goes through their minds when they're like, okay, we've got this card designed, but the, now we don't know what to do with it. We don't know what effect is. Let's just give it this effect, and maybe it fits in the lore somewhere. We'll hammer it out later, you know. It, we'll squeeze it, and nobody will think twice about it. Yeah, they definitely nailed, like, fun card. Definitely. And the last one I want to talk about, at least, before we go into this, and this one is definitely heads or tails as to whether it should be in an EDH, but it's a card called Akhan's Run. Akhan's Run. Two, two red and two green. It's an enchantment. It is, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may say, Akhan's Run, it's the... and name a creature card. If you do, search your library for the named card and put it into play. Then shuffle your library. The creature has haste. Remove it from the game at end of turn. I love that card. It not only references itself and another card, uh, which it's it's if you've ever seen it, it's the um, Lo- I don't even know how to pronounce it. Loigorf or Legorf, 
It literally, and the flavor text is Akhan's Run. It's the Ligarf or whatever it is. Oh, okay. I, I never seen that. So it's it was a way earlier, like a seventh edition card or earlier, but it it references another card. What I like about it and why I, why I think it's really good is that it's basically a better um, sneak attack. It costs a little more, but it's perfect for a lot of EDH decks. Something like Mail the Anima. Oh my god, I love Mail. Yeah, I mean, think about having something like that in Mail, where I could just go Akhan's Run. It's Emrakul the Aeon's Torn, and it comes. It comes in. It's not cast, I believe, right? To play. Yeah, it's just put into play. Yeah, so it's just put into play, and it doesn't necessarily like it wreaks havoc, but it doesn't necessarily like ruin a game. Imagine being able to, you know, kind of have another way to sneak creatures into play, which Red Green does so well. It does, absolutely. Please let us hear from you on this. You know, I'm gonna make sure we all know it on here. But please let us hear from you. If you like any of these cards, if you disagree, agree, let us hear about it. Because this is such a touchy topic in the EDH community and the Magic community as well, that maybe you agree with me. Maybe you think some of these are cool in EDH. Maybe you want to run out and get some of them for yourself just to have them. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear more about these, and maybe we'll do a couple talks about other sets too. And if, uh, if we miss anything that you know you love, you want the world to know about it if they don't know about it in, in the comments or something like that put a link to your favorite card from the unsets yeah even if you've never played in it there might be one you've seen or heard of that you really liked share it with us we'd love to talk about these cards and see what you guys like or you know think is okay um thanks for hanging out with us guys it's been a pleasure you know maybe we changed your mind about uncards and edh just let us know either way talk to us we love to hear about everything thanks guys keep in tune